On today's episode, Chris Chelios becomes the ninth player in Blackhawks history to have his number retired. I'll go over the new guidelines the Blackhawks have set for future jersey retirements and the latest rumors on Patrick Kane to the Red Wings. All that and plenty more right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's up, everyone? Welcome on in to another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Do me a favor, go and check me out on Twitter at Jack Bushman2, or you could also go and follow my strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. Make sure to go and follow Lockdown Blackhawks on Instagram as well to have a chance to enter the giveaway that I'm still doing, figuring out all the technical still with uh, the Lockdown Podcast Network, but I'm trying to get that out to the lucky winner before the start of the regular season. So make sure to go and follow Lockdown Blackhawks on Instagram. Go and show some support there. If you're following on the audio podcast, go and leave me a review. Five stars would be preferable. Always appreciate that. And if you're not already subscribed to the YouTube channel, what are you doing? It only takes two seconds to help grow the show. It won't cost you anything. And also that way, You can get the latest episode as soon as it becomes available each and every day. All right. Good morning, everyone. As always, thank you all for joining me on another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks. And thank you all for making the show your very first listen here to start off your day. And before I get into the meat and potatoes of today's episode, folks, talking about Chris Chelios becoming the ninth player in Blackhawks history to have his number retired, and also some kind of interesting recent rumors surrounding Patrick Kane and the Detroit Red Wings of all teams. Before I get into that, I obviously want to address the absence from the show over the last uh, week and a half or so here. Um, It's been a little bit of a tough time for me personally. I'm not going to get into too much detail, but I did have a, a close relative that was in the ICU for uh, over a week. And for me, um, just family is priority number one and um, just had to be there. It was a, a little bit of a tough spot mentally to be in as well. And family is priority number one. Um, and uh, I apologize. I hope you all understand that um, I had some family matters to tend to. I appreciate all the support out there. Appreciate the understanding. Um, but did want to address why there hasn't been an episode of Lockdown Blackhawks in nearly two weeks. Um, but yeah, obviously wanted to address that right off the top. But without further ado, let's go ahead and move right along because we're closing in on hockey season, Blackhawks fans. I mean, the Tom Curvers Prospect Showcase is starting up on Wednesday. We're going to see a slew of notable Blackhawks prospects heading up to Minnesota to take on the Wild Prospects and the St. Louis Blues Prospects who are joining in this year, I believe. It's the first time, at least the first time in the last couple of years since I've been the host of the show, that a third team has been involved in the Tom Curvers Prospect Showcase, and as well as uh, number one overall pick in the 2023 NHL Draft. Connor Bedard is expected to make his first 
little appearance in a Blackhawk sweater up there in Minnesota. So a lot of good stuff around the corner. Um, but what I wanted to start off today's episode with, folks, is an interesting report that we got recently from John Dietz of the Daily Herald in regards to Patrick Kane, three-time Blackhawk Stanley Cup champion, arguably the greatest Blackhawk in franchise history, in my opinion, already the greatest American in uh, NHL history, and of course, my favorite player of all time. Um, as you could probably see by a lot of the wall art behind me, Patrick Kane ranks number one for me. Um, but we finally got some updates on Patrick Kane, and it's been an interesting offseason for him, right? We know that Kane announced he wasn't going to be signing with another team, uh, despite being a free agent for the first time in his career until the start of the 2023-2024 campaign as he continues to work his way back from offseason hip surgery and watching Kane this past season, whether it was in Chicago or after he joined the Rangers post-trade deadline, just looked like a shell of himself. He wasn't the Patty Kane that we have gotten accustomed to knowing. He wasn't the game-changing Patrick Kane that the New York Rangers were hoping they were acquiring. He did have six points in seven postseason games for them, but most of that came in a two-game stretch and was really a non-factor and the most critical games of that opening round against the New Jersey Devils. He just didn't look like himself, and it had become apparent over these last couple of years there had been rumbling behind closed doors that Patrick Kane needed to get something done with this hip. It kind of had become an open secret this past season, and finally, after probably his worst career in terms of production, he pulled the trigger on that and wound up getting uh, hip surgery, which is a pretty serious surgery, pretty serious procedure to undergo. Um, the comparison is obviously Nicholas Backstrom, who underwent the same procedure a couple of years ago and has really battled back. I believe he only had 21 points in 39 games this year. It's just a, a tough surgery to come back and still be the player you once were. Not saying that Patrick Kane can't do that, but it's going to be an uphill battle for him. And I'm sure that's probably why he wanted to take the extra time to make sure he was above a hundred percent before going and signing on with another NHL team. But recently we have started to see some videos and some reports that Patrick Kane's been skating. We've seen videos of him shooting, participating in some on ice drills and looks to be a little bit ahead of the curve in terms of his recovery. And I actually read an article where Kane said he probably could return earlier than expected. So we'll see what winds up happening there. My guess is still probably November at the earliest. But with these reports that Patrick Kane uh, is starting to feel and show signs of being a little bit better, this is where it gets interesting hearing things from John, uh, from John Dietz of the Daily Herald. Because according to Dietz and a source that he talked to, the Detroit Red Wings are a team to look out for with Patrick Kane of all teams, right? Uh, as someone apparently who knows Kane very well said, Kane told him he wanted to follow Alex DeBrinket if slash when he was able to. Of course, there has to be mutual interest, so we'll see if Detroit extends an olive branch. First reaction, though, is puke, gross, right? Like uh, the Blackhawks already, Blackhawks faithful already went through enough when they saw Chris Chelios get traded to the Detroit Red Wings all those years ago. It was before my day. Um, but I know there are folks that have still a little bit of scar tissue about that matter. We'll be uh, funny enough talking about Chris Chelios here in segment two. Um, I'm sure there would be a lot of people that would be very disdainful and be very upset to see Patrick Kane in a Detroit Red Wings uniform, like of all the teams, right? Um, so yeah, obviously that was a little frustrating to hear because it would absolutely make me want to throw up and spew things out of my mouth. Um, but pushing those feelings to the side and just breaking down 
this situation and the actual likelihood and the fit of Patrick Kane in the Detroit Red Wings personally, um, I just don't really see this being the time for Detroit to make a move like this because we even heard Steve Eiserman say that this year's draft, they're still kind of rebuilding. It's taken a little bit longer than I'm sure anyone uh, would have planned initially, but I do think they have a really solid prospect pool. Their forward depth is looking better and better every passing year, especially as some more guys continue to develop, but I still think they're pretty weak in terms of their defense other than Mo Sider. And I just don't think that roster they're focused on just trying to make the playoffs this year. Um, and you know, anything can happen once you make the Stanley cup playoffs. That's why I love the game of hockey. Um, it's still Detroit. It feels like it's well too early for them to be talking about a run to the Stanley cup or taking down the whole thing. I know that's the goal for every NHL club, but in terms of realistic expectations, I don't think anyone has the Detroit Red Wings penciled in as a Stanley cup contender. Now that's not to say that Patrick Kane will rule them out for those reasons, I'm sure he does want to play with Alex DeBrinkett. I'm sure DeBrinkett wants to play with Kane. But as far as Steve Eiserman taking a chance on a player like Patrick Kane, I feel like he'd like to know a little bit more about his club. Maybe, hey, Detroit gets off to a good start, and that you know is the signs that maybe they're ready to take that next step. And he thinks Patrick Kane, a veteran leader who's been there and done that in the playoffs, can help take them to that next level. I'm not ruling that out. I just think it's a little bit of an interesting fit. I, I don't think it's, and I'm not, I'm not trying to talk for Steve Eiserman. I just don't think it's a move that he'd like to do. I don't think it's a gamble that he'd like to take at this point in time. That's just how I feel personally. Um, but we'll see what winds up happening. I'm sure there is also a slew of teams that Patrick Kane is looking at. So if Detroit is in the mix, I'm sure there's a handful of other ones. Um, it's an original six franchise. Yeah. I'm sure Patrick Kane would like to go to a team where it's it's meaningful hockey. I just think it's a little bit early where Detroit is at right now for him to want to go there and for them to want to make those moves. So that's how I feel about it personally. I really hope it doesn't happen because it would make me very upset, and I know a lot of Blackhawks fans would feel the same if Patrick Kane wound up signing with Detroit. But it does sound like he's a little bit ahead of the curve and um, – has been speeding through his rehab here, which is always great to hear. I'm wishing nothing but the best for Patrick Kane in his future endeavors. He'll still always hold that special place in my heart, but it will break my heart into pieces if he winds up going to the Detroit Red Wings. Literally any other team besides them in the St. Louis Blues, I can come to grips with it. Patrick Kane, don't do us Blackhawks fans like Chris Chelios did us back in the day. Uh, I know it wasn't all of his fault, but... Um, it would be a very tough pill to swallow, no doubt about it, if Patrick Kane wound up in Detroit. Fortunately, Blackhawks fans, I don't see it happening. All right, coming up in just a moment here, don't go anywhere, as I'll be moving on to Chris Chelios finding out from Eddie Vedder and Pearl Jam that he'll be having his jersey number retired at the United Center this season. But first, I need to talk to you all about FanDuel. Football season is underway, folks, and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long. Because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every single time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl, and you'll get a bunch of bonus bets for every single regular season victory. And you can use these bonus bets to bet on everything from the money line, to the spreads, to over-unders, to player props. You can bet on anything. And I personally, me and my buddy have been doing this for probably about a year now, just every single Bears game. Betting Justin Fields 
over in rushing yards. One for one on the season, despite the Chicago Bears. Breaking my heart, ninth consecutive loss to the Green Bay Packers, getting absolutely embarrassed on national television. At least Justin Fields cashed his over. Thanks to FanDuel, made my Sunday just a little bit better. And make sure to go and check out FanDuel right now. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, they give you instant payouts when you win your bets. There's no better place to bet on the NFL than FanDuel. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. All right, we're back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. For segment two, I absolutely have to talk about Chris Chelios, the cool moment of him finding out uh, on Friday or on Thursday night, excuse me, finding out at a Pearl Jam concert that he's going to have his number seven sweater retired in the United Center Rafters on February 25th, fittingly against the Detroit Red Wings, becoming the ninth player in franchise history to receive this achievement. And uh, it was it was a really cool scene for those of you who haven't seen it. I think if you follow any Blackhawks social media accounts, they've posted something on the matter. But for those who don't know, uh, Eddie Vedder and Pearl Jam had a concert at the United Center on September 7th, which, you know, pretty fittingly as well with Chelly getting his number seven sweater retired. I don't know if that was uh, Jamie Faulkner or Danny Wirtz or someone pulling the strings behind the scenes or something. Um, but shout out to them if they did, because that's an even more cool coincidence. But uh, Chelios thought he was going to the United Center to see, obviously, Pearl Jam, but also to see a really special tribute to the late, great Rocky Wirtz, who passed away earlier on this summer. What he found out, though, is that wasn't the case. One of Rocky's final wishes was that Chris Chelios was the next great Blackhawk to have his number retired at the United Center. He found out by Eddie Vedder letting him know on stage, uh, and Chris Chelios was absolutely flabbergasted. And what a special moment it was for Rocky Wirtz to get his wish and for Chris Chelios to find out in this matter alongside a close friend, Eddie Vedder, who's kind of becoming like a Chicago sports staple almost a little bit, right? You see him at Cubs games all the time. I think you see him at Bears games. Blackhawks games. He's made friends with a lot of great Chicago athletes over the years and uh, a really cool moment there and a well-deserving achievement for Chris Chelios. I mean, long overdue, super glad that this is finally happening. I talked about uh, in segment one, in my opinion, Patrick Kane is already the greatest American of all time. One of the names that people will fire back with is Chris Chelios. I mean, an all-time great, played for seemingly ever over 1,600 NHL games. Uh, the guy was, I think, 42 years old or 43 years old when he called the quits. I remember playing NHL 08, and Chris Chelios was in the game. Uh, spent nine seasons with Chicago, an all-time legend. Very, very well-deserving achievement here. So congratulations to Chris Chelios for becoming, again, the ninth member of Blackhawks uh, in Blackhawks history to have his jersey retired at the UC. And super glad that Rocky Wirtz got uh, one of his final wishes and getting Chelly's number retired. But with Chelios becoming the next Blackhawks great to have his number retired, there obviously are uh, a lot of people wondering what this means for fellow great number seven, Brent Seabrook, and also um, Brent Seabrook, or not, not Brent Seabrook, excuse me, Duncan Keith, Jonathan Taves, Patrick Kane, Patrick Sharp, 
Nicholas Jalmerson, Corey Crawford, all the other Blackhawks legends that were part of those uh, 2010, 2013, and 2015 Stanley Cup championships that have kind of been left up to debate over these last few years as to whether or not they're going to have their number retired. Interestingly enough, the Blackhawks uh, have now set specific guidelines and standards in order for a player to get their jersey retired. Ben Pope of the Chicago Sun-Times outlined these in a recent article of his as well, a reoccurring guest here on the podcast, of course, hoping to have Ben back on before the start of the regular season to talk all things Blackhawks. Um, But pretty interesting that finally the Blackhawks have set sort of a little bit of an outline of the bare minimums that players need to achieve to even have a chance to get their number retired here in Chicago. Those guidelines are, first, a player must be retired from hockey for at least three years, not including long-term injured reserve. They must have spent at least eight years with the Blackhawks and have played more games for the Hawks than any other team with a minimum of 500 Hawks games, 400 for goaltenders, and must have either played at least 1,000 NHL games in their career, 700 for goaltenders, or have been enshrined into the Hockey Hall of Fame, among other standards. Those are the minimum requirements to even be in the conversation. First and foremost, I want to address uh, Brent Seabrook, because there obviously have been a lot of people saying, well, Chris Chelios' number seven is, is going up there. What? How, how are they going to do this with Brent Seabrook? It's okay. Deep breath. I promise you, Brent Seabrook is going to get his day, Blackhawks fans. Do not worry about him. He is not going to get bamboozled by this organization. He was way too key of a figure, uh, way too key of a locker room piece, and on ice, his playoff heroics. I mean, this guy did everything. He's going to get his day, Blackhawks fans. But what we learned in these guidelines is you have to be at least three years retired. And Brent Seabrook currently... While we know he's not playing games anymore, he's still on the books for the Tampa Bay Lightning. The Blackhawks got a free second round pick and Tyler Johnson in return for helping the Bolts out with their salary cap situations. And that means Brent Seabrook will not be eligible to be to have his jersey retired until 2027. So it's going to be a little bit of a wait here for Brent Seabrook, but he does check off all these boxes. Three-time Stanley Cup champion. Um, Chris Chelios is probably the greater figure in hockey history and is a hockey hall of famer. Brent Seabrook was more instrumental to the Blackhawks three Stanley cups. Don't worry. He is going to get his day Blackhawks fans, but with these guidelines, uh, we, we know for sure, not that it was in any doubt before, but we know that the core four of Brent Seabrook, Duncan Keith, Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane, obviously are going to have their sweaters retired Uh, one day down the road. We do know, obviously, though, it has to be three years post-retirement. So Duncan Keith is going to be the first one who comes up. But I am curious to see if they kind of wait to do something for Duncan Keith and Brent Seabrook together. Obviously, that wait would have to be until 2027. So that's a long way down the road. But those two are just kind of connected in Blackhawks history together, right? We're longtime D partners, kind of came up at the same time, spent Uh, a couple of years down in the AHL and then really revitalized the Blackhawks defense. It started with those two. Um, I I think it only makes sense for them to kind of have their special day together. We'll see if the Blackhawks wind up feeling the same though, but with these guidelines, we also learned a little bit more about the future statuses of Corey Crawford, Nicholas Jalmerson and Patrick Sharp. The latter two, of course, were part of all three Stanley cups here in Chicago, Corey Crawford, 
my opinion, one of the most underrated Chicago athletes of all time, a huge part of those two Stanley Cups in 2013 and 2015. But based on these guidelines, at least if I'm reading them correctly, I believe all three have now been eliminated from contention and having their their numbers retired at the UC because Corey Crawford didn't play in 700 NHL games, the 700 that's required for goaltenders, 1,000 required for skaters. He only played in 488 games. All were for the Blackhawks. He did reach that retirement, and he spent eight years with the organization, um, but he didn't play in 700 NHL games, and I don't see him getting into uh, the Hockey Hall of Fame either. There's been some debate regarding that. I'd love to see it. I'd be super ecstatic. Again, I was always a Corey Crawford stan. I just think the Hall of Fame's a little bit far-fetched for him. So quite honestly, by these guidelines, I think Corey Crawford has been eliminated. Uh, Nicholas Jalmerson is another guy who didn't play in a thousand NHL games, not going to be a hockey hall of famer. Patrick Sharp didn't play in a thousand NHL games either. At least I believe he played in 923 when I checked the other day, but I'm just going to going to double check my stats here, folks, because I, I don't want to be lying to you on the podcast. And for some reason uh, that just didn't sit right with me. Patrick, Patrick Sharp played in 939 NHL games. Nicholas Jalmerson played in 821. So they didn't hit that a thousand game threshold that the Blackhawks have outlined as a requirement. So if I'm reading this correctly, I believe all three are not going to have their jerseys retired at the UC. But as far as what Chris Chelios getting in kind of opens up for past Blackhawks legends prior to uh, the dynasty run that they had in the, the 2010s. Um, I do think that this opens up an opportunity for players like Steve Larmer, who a lot of people tab Bamford have been beating the drum on uh, year after year. Um, obviously these guys were before my time. So I really don't have a say in the matter. I can only kind of just look at their numbers. Um, Jeremy Roenick though. One thing I did notice looking at Jeremy Roenick's stats, a lot of the guidelines that the Blackhawks had, maybe it just happened to be a coincidence, but it seemed like it was almost structured around Jeremy Roenick um, getting his day to have his jersey retired one day down the road. Someone go and fact check for me and comment down below if you're still tuned into this point of the episode. I believe there were just some interesting coincidences numbers-wise between these guidelines and what Chris Chelios did throughout his NHL career. But I think it opens the door for him, and I think it opens the door for Doug Wilson as well, who finally uh, got his day to be inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame, a great Blackhawks defenseman before my time. I think those are three guys who they fit all these guidelines. They hit all those numbers. Theoretically, they could be in the mix um, based on the standards that the Blackhawks have outlined. Go and comment down below as well as to whether or not you think Larmer, Roenick, and Wilson wind up getting their numbers retired for the Blackhawks as well. All right, coming up in just a moment here, folks, before I wrap things up, I still got to get into our weekly Mailbag Monday fan segment where I answer a question from a handful of lucky listeners right here live on the show. All right, before getting into segment three, don't forget tomorrow, folks, I'll be talking all about the Tom Curvers prospect showcase getting underway. The Blackhawks have yet to announce their roster for this yet, but it's believed that's going to happen early on Wednesday morning. I'll be getting on that live, getting it out to you as soon as possible. I'm also going to be dropping my Connor Bedard rookie season projection episode here either later this week or earlier next week. I've been kind of 
chipping away at that for about a month now. And I'm super excited to finally record everything and get that out to you. I'm also hoping to have a lot of Blackhawks guests, a lot of special Blackhawks guests and interviews coming up before the start of the season. So we're really ramping things up now, folks. Preseason training camp just a couple weeks away. Tom Curver's Prospect Showcase starts this week. Make sure you're subscribed to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube so you don't miss out on any of the good stuff ahead. All right, Mailbag Monday time where I answer a question from a couple of lucky listeners right here live on the show. Make sure to go and smash that like button. Comment with your question down below. I'll make sure to answer it live on next week's show. And again, subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't done so already. It's 100% for free. First question that I am going to answer today comes from Anthony Baldani, who emailed in the podcast and asked, Jack, haven't kept up with the Blackhawks in quite a while, but I'm hearing a lot about Bedard and I'm wondering if this is the year to buy back in. Not ashamed to admit it. I'm a bandwagon guy, but need to know when to get back on it. Well, I think this kind of comes down to what kind of bandwagoner do you want to be? Are you someone who wants to be a little bit ahead of the curve, Anthony? Do you want to um, go through a little bit of the struggles. I do think the Blackhawks are going to be better than they were last year, but that's not really saying all that much. I think their ceiling is, uh, well, I'll, I'll save that in a second, but I do believe they're going to be better, but it's not going to be by all that much, but there is going to be some intrigue around this Blackhawks team. Obviously with Connor Bedard, former first round pick, Lucas Reichel should be getting an NHL opportunity every single game. Um, there's just been some intriguing signings as well. Taylor Hall, they brought back Athens CU. Uh, and they also have a very young left side of their decor in Isaac Phillips, uh, Wyatt Kaiser, excuse me, um, Alex Vlasic. And then we also have the great debate as to what's going to happen with Kevin Korchinski, seventh overall pick in the 2022 NHL draft. So there's a lot of reasons to watch this Blackhawks team this year, but it's not going to be for the wins and losses. If you're waiting for that, Anthony, then I think you probably start to tune in next year because I believe next summer is when we see the Blackhawks start to spend this money a little bit more and it's another year for guys to develop and more guys will be stepping onto the scene. I think the 2024-2025 campaign is when the expectations for the Blackhawks will start to rise a little bit. So it just comes down to what kind of bandwagoner do you want to be? Are you willing to go through a, a little bit more uh, losses to get familiar um, with a lot of these youngsters before um, they kind of become regulars for this team? Or are you just willing to wait another season? I think that's kind of what it comes down to here. Second question I wanted to answer comes from Dan Flagler4899, who emailed in the podcast and asked, is there any chance at all this team makes the playoffs? It's hockey, so I won't say zero, but it's pretty darn close. And while I just kind of talked about some interesting additions that they made to the forward group, also adding uh, Nick Foligno and Corey Perry, two good veteran guys, I do think they have a pretty solid forward group. All in all, the question is, or the concerns are, I guess I should say, the defense. The left side is going to be extremely young. The right side still has Nikita Zaitsev, who I couldn't believe they bought out. Um, Connor Murphy and Seth Jones are really going to be relied on to do a lot of the heavy lifting, and I just don't see the Blackhawks decor being one of the, you know, even middle of the pack in the NHL at this point in time. And also Peter Mrazek, Arvid Soderbloom, the goalie tandem. I'm not expecting uh, incredible things out of them this season. So pretty slim that the Blackhawks make the playoffs. I think their ceiling is uh, pushing for playoff contention 
at some point late in the year, but I also wouldn't be surprised if Kyle Davidson uh, wants to sell some of these guys at the deadline to acquire more assets, which undoubtedly will make the team struggle more down the stretch. Next question comes from Adrian Rudier, who asked, under the radar player I should be keeping an eye on for this year, other than the obvious ones. Um, the one who really I think is intriguing, I guess there's two in the forward group that I'm quite intrigued by. First one is Cole Gutman, who the Blackhawks signed last summer after he didn't ink his ELC with the Tampa Bay Lightning, won a national championship with the University of Denver, a collegiate program the Blackhawks brass uh, and organization is quite familiar with. And they gave him a contract and he wound up showing up to the prospect development camp last year and in training camp and really out of all the forwards not named Lucas Reichel, he was the one that was clearly the most developed and was very, very sharp and looked like he actually had a chance to maybe crack the Blackhawks uh, opening night roster. That didn't wind up happening, but he really showed some good things in the first half down in Rockford and got an opportunity to make his NHL debut in the second half and really made the most of it. Was a very impactful two-way forward, showed off his wheels as well kind of gave me many little Brandon Hagel vibes. Unfortunately, his season wound up got it, uh, getting cut short because of a shoulder injury, but according to Ben Pope and some recent reports, excuse me while I take a sip of water, Gutman is expected to be fully ready for the start of training camp, and I, I believe he's going to get an opportunity to play down the middle for the Blackhawks as well this season. So uh, I think Cole Gutman is a very intriguing player to keep an eye on, as well as Taylor Radish, who potted 20 goals for the first time in his NHL career last season. And that goal scoring ability along with his size and net front presence is really why I do think he could be a solid middle six piece for the Blackhawks moving forward. You obviously hear about Reichel and Bedard and Oliver Moore and all these big name prospects that are coming up. I think Taylor Radish would be a really good depth piece to surround those guys with. Obviously, there's some things he has to continue to work on. He has to, I think, become a little bit more um, diverse and not a one-trick pony in terms of uh, goal scoring is really the name of his game offensively. But he should get another great chance inside the top six this season with much more skilled players than he ever has with the Chicago Blackhawks. So the two that I would keep an eye on this year are Taylor Radish and Cole Gutman as the under-the-radar guys. Next question comes from Darren McKinter, who asked, over under 30 goals for Bedard this season, and does he score on opening night? Um, I think he does score on opening night. I, I really do. He's going to be absolutely juiced, not only to make his NHL debut, as any kid would be, but going up against his idol, Sidney Crosby, on national television, I mean, it's a big-time moment for Connor Bedard. But what have we seen from this kid in big-time moments? He lives for them. He thrives for them. and He's the type of kid from everything that I've seen can put can handle all the pressure that's on his shoulders and um, use it as motivation and just absolutely excel and uh, excel through it. So I think he does score on opening night. As far as over under 30 goals, I'm going over. I think Connor Bedard pots, I, I said 33 to 36 this year is where I'm guessing he's going to wind up. And I think, well, I, I don't know necessarily if he's going to be a point per game player. It's really up to the rest of the Blackhawks offense, I think, um, if they can kind of keep up with him. I do think the goal scoring is really what's going to transition the most flawlessly to the NHL level because that shot of his is absolutely wicked. I think he's going to walk into the NHL and have one of the best shots in the league immediately. I think that's the part of the game that he's 
not going to struggle with at all, really, is when he gets his open opportunities, I think he can blow it past NHL goaltenders already. So I'm going Connor Bedard over 30 goals this season. Last question comes from Bailey Braun333, who emailed in the podcast and asked, We've seen GMKD make lots of trades for draft picks. Do you think he'll start trying to get more prospects from other teams or is draft capital always going to be what he prefers you think? And what we have seen, um, Kyle Davidson undoubtedly want to go after draft picks. I mean, the Blackhawks are absolutely stacked moving forward still and have one of the deepest, if not the deepest prospect pool in the entire NHL. We have though started to see Kyle Davidson, uh, I guess maybe, prospects isn't the right word because uh, an Austin Wagner or uh, uh, an Anders Bjork, even a Sam Lafferty, all those guys really weren't prospects when he acquired them. They were uh, a little bit more down the development curve, but really just didn't get an opportunity. That's what it's been clear to me as to the players that Kyle Davidson tries to go and get guys who just might come in and play with a chip on their shoulder because they didn't get an opportunity with those other clubs He's going to try and give them an opportunity here and see what they got. And we saw it work out well for Lafferty. Um, Andres Bjork obviously didn't get an NHL deal, but he's coming back. I just think it's kind of um, an interesting and a smart, smart thought process by Kyle Davidson. But I would be interested to see him go after, um, obviously, other teams have to be willing to get rid of these prospects. But it will be interesting to see as the Blackhawks start to get more and more competitive as the years go by if he does kind of have that same mentality of trying to get draft picks, obviously the Blackhawks at some point are going to become buyers and not sellers too. But um, when they do make those moves, something to keep an eye out for, whether or not Kyle Davidson starts to go after more prospects or if he's happy just getting those draft picks and taking a chance on guys in the draft as well. So yeah, very good question, Bailey. Um, Something to keep an eye on for Kyle Davidson moving forward. All right, folks, I think that is going to wrap up today's episode of Locked On Blackhawks. As always, thank you all again for tuning into the show. And make sure to go and follow Locked On Blackhawks for free right now, wherever you may be listening to your podcast, and to go and subscribe on YouTube. Help me grow the show as hockey season is right around the corner. And also that way, you can get the latest episode as soon as it comes out on YouTube each and every day. As always, I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Go and check me out on Twitter at Jack Bushman too. You can also check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin' Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. So until tomorrow's episode, folks, that's going to do it here for the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.